sin is costly. It's discomforting to acknowledge it. And it is discomforting in many respects to endure the remedy. But listen, there is hope. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here around the Word of God for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. We're going to pick up during this particular session with a teaching that we left off just short of this third part, this concluding part of the series back sometime before Christmas or around that time. Christmas sort of interrupted this and New Year's and our youth awakening. Just a lot of things going on, but we're back at it. I feel like it's a very important teaching. Now listen, someone has made the statement that you can give a man a fish and he will eat for a day. You can teach him how to fish and he will eat for a lifetime. There are a lot of times where folks come into or hang out with the activities in and around the church, and they glean from it for that moment, but then they just kind of walk away, and they don't know which way to turn. Whereas, when you teach someone how to listen to that still, small voice, make them aware of the fact that there is that still, small voice that we know as Holy Spirit, then when they walk away from the fellowship, and they're out there in the everyday, work-a-day, walking-around world, still they can function according to the plan and the agenda of God. Well, that's the purpose of this particular teaching. I'm going to read one verse in your hearing. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Before I do, I do want to remind you once again that Lewis Tuning will be with us on Sunday, March 19th. Lewis uh, is responsible for holding the inspired pen that gave us the, uh, the gospel song, the anchor holds. Lewis and his wife will be here talking to us about uh, the story behind the song. And we're inviting you to come out and be a part of that. The Lord is really moving at New Life. And this is part of, I really believe, a series of events that God has orchestrated. And we would love to have you come out and be a part of that. That's Sunday, March 19th at 10 o'clock, Lewis Tuning. That's all part of our family encounter weekend. Perhaps we'll tell you a little bit more about that next week. Beloved, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to uh, grab them to turn with me and to follow along as we go through this entire teaching time. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, reading from the contemporary English version, and it puts it this way, the Lord and the Spirit are one and the same, and the Lord's Spirit sets us free. The Lord's Spirit, Holy Spirit, which is given to indwell each and every follower of Christ. Father God, I thank you for each one that has turned us on, whether they're listening live or sometime later. And I pray that by your word, you would influence each and every heart to be about your business. Lord, help us to understand the ministry of the, uh, the one that you have given, the other comforter that's given to come alongside us. Help each one understand it and be able to... Uh, 
to uh, make application in their own life. And we'll be careful to thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here at the end of the program to tell you about a couple of other things. Don't you go away. You be blessed as you listen to this very special, very timely teaching. The Word of God is convicting. Convicting, being convinced, conviction. I trust that that is a word that you are becoming familiar with. Let me tell you about the Word of God being convicting. What I mean by that is when or as you read it, are you listening? Say amen if you're listening. As you read it, it will read you. Think about that for just a sec. As you read it, it will read you. James likens it to glancing at your face in a mirror. How many of you have ever thought you looked a certain way and then you look in a mirror and you're like, daggone it, not what I thought. It's like glancing in a mirror. Watch this. As water, H2O, as water has a reflective quality. Is that true? It has a reflective quality. So the water of life helps us see many things about ourself that we just cannot or will not realize apart from it. Holy Spirit helped me this week. Man, this was an exciting little journey. But he took me back over into the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 30. You will find, and you can read that on your own time. I'm not going back there right now. But uh, we have depicted there the basin and its stand. It was part of the furniture for the tabernacle. It was to be fashioned of bronze. The ancient forerunner of our modern day mirror, in fact, uh, in Job chapter 37, Job describes a mirror of cast bronze. That sounds kind of strange to us, but it is true. The symbolism here is stunning. And this is why the Lord took me there and why I was so excited. When you begin to realize that the water from that basin was utilized by Aaron and his sons, for cleansing, for ceremonial cleansing before they entered the tent of meeting. Here's what was going on. During that ceremonial washing around that basin, and this is number one on your study notes, these ancient worshipers were given a glimpse at themselves every time they experienced that cleansing. Hmm. No doubt that reflection helped them realize how much they needed the cleansing. Do you ever glance in the mirror? I mean a real mirror. And you look at that character looking back at you and think, my goodness, he or she needs help. Hmm? We are helped to see through the Word. We are helped to see 
our inward veiled sin. I'm talking about that original corruption of our nature. And we're enabled to see our flaws and imperfections both inwardly and outwardly as we reflect upon the perfect Word of God. How many of you know that it is perfect? It's perfect. This unique experience is actually facilitated by God's Holy Spirit. Now, that's where I was going with all of that, and that is foundational to this teaching. If you've been listening the last few weeks, you understand that's all facilitated by Holy Spirit. Listen, if you desire to experience Holy Spirit, now right now, I want you just to poke your neighbor right there beside you and say, hey, do you, do you want to experience Holy Spirit? Go on and ask them right now. Just ask them that. If you desire to experience Holy Spirit, then, beloved, you need to read this. You need to read this. Let me tell you something. I thought long and hard. I fashioned several sentences to be able to articulate this to you this morning. But, beloved, Holy Spirit is stationed between every word just propped up between every word of God's holy word. If you desire to know Holy Spirit or experience Him, read the word of God. That's where you will find Him. Go back with me to our text passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Look at the, the first part of the verse. Paul says, because our gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, because that came to you, check it out, not simply with words. It wasn't just the words, but also with power. Everybody say power. Also with power. And look at this. With the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Not shallow, not everyday ordinary conviction, but with deep conviction. Check it out. When you read the Bible, when you read the Word of God, a stirring will manifest in your own spirit. Either good or bad. A stirring will occur in your own spirit. You'll begin to realize on some occasions that some of your thoughts, some of your attitudes, some of your actions, some of those things that are represented in your own life, they are just absolutely inferior to God's righteous requirements. Don't you begin to realize that? It's a stirring, sometimes uncomfortable. More about that in just a moment. Likewise, and I must say this, there will also be occasions, maybe few and far between, but there will be occasions where you will sense a confirmation that your thoughts, your attitudes, your actions are reflective of God's standards. It's wonderful when that happens. Now, I have been asking and trying to answer this question over the last couple of weeks. I'll ask it again. Who or perhaps what is the catalyst behind this stirring that I'm talking about? Who or what is the force behind this conviction that I'm talking about? It is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Now, now I'm headed to number two on your study notes. Honestly, and I tried to be honest with you, nothing worse than a dishonest preacher. Say amen right there. 
Honestly, in the beginning, right at the very beginning, when this is all new to you in particular, this experience, what I'm talking about, Holy Spirit conviction can be, I told you I'd tell you more about this in a moment, here it is, it can be uncomfortable. How many of you like to be uncomfortable? Oh, man, I'm telling you, the older you get, the less you like to be uncomfortable, and the harder it is to get comfortable. Sister D and I, we've tried to uh, uh, celebrate kind of a date night thing over the years, and a date night nowadays kind of uh, consists of us taking a nap through Monday night football and watching one another squirm and our lazy boys trying to get comfortable. We like to be comfortable, Right? But it causes this unsettling. It causes the stirring. Watch this. It challenges. When we look in to the Word and Holy Spirit begins to move and conviction begins to settle in, it challenges our very nature, way down the very depths of who we are. Isn't it true? Most humanity does not like to be reminded, doesn't like to be told, doesn't like to be reminded, doesn't like to be instructed that we are not up to speed spiritually. Oh, don't we like to be the, the big man on campus? Don't we like to be the one with the, uh, you rip your shirt back and there's a big S for super Christian? Don't we just love to be that guy or gal? And we don't like it when we find out that's not the case. Listen, the initial response to this conviction is to run and hide. Listen to me, I'm trying to help somebody. The initial response is to run and hide. This is depicted right from the get-go during something we just sang about this morning. Thank you very much, worship leader. But it began to happen during the Edenic days of Adam and Eve. Go with me to Genesis chapter 3, all the way over. Most of you know where Genesis is. You love it when the preacher preaches from Genesis. You know where that book is. Just a click away. I'm going to read from the contemporary English version, chapter 3, verse 8. Now listen, let me give you just a, just a little bit of background. Adam and Eve have messed up. Say they messed up. They messed up. You know why? They did what God told them not to do. When you do what God tells you not to do, you done messed up. So we read in verse 8. Late in the afternoon, when the breeze began to blow, the man and woman heard the Lord God walking in the garden. Let me see your eyeballs, church. They had heard that many, 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 many days. This is not the first time they heard the Lord God walking in the garden. This had been happening over and over and over again. But, but this time, something happened, a little different response. Look at the latter part of verse 8. So they hid behind some trees. Now, this is humorous to me. Adam and Eve frolicking naked in the garden. And they done messed up, and they hear God. Walking in the cool of the day. I'm not sure what it sounded like. I think it sounded just like this. Yeah, you know that's God up in here. And what did they do? They ran and they hid behind a tree. Why? Because they had messed up. 
and they didn't want to fess up. They were now not only naked, they were naked. I'm talking about they were exposed in their sin. Now, this is no doubt the reason a lot of people do not like to read and study the Bible, the Word of God, because it makes them conscious of their flaws. It makes them conscious of their imperfection. It makes them conscious of things that they'd rather not be re-reminded of. Are you with me? Isn't that encouraging? No, that's not encouraging. But here's a fact you need to know. First, uh, 2 Corinthians, turn over there with me if you would, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 17. Reading from, again, from the contemporary English version. If you don't have your Bible, it will magically appear on the screen. But be encouraged to bring them with you because every now and then we use our Bibles here. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, here's what it says. The Lord and the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, are one and the same. Wow. Holy Spirit is God's Holy Spirit. Okay? They're one and the same. Check this out. Here's what I wanted you to get. And the Lord's Spirit, Holy Spirit, sets us free. Everybody say free. Sets us free. We're talking about being liberated, unbound, free. Watch this. Holy Spirit was not given to make us miserable. Well, all them spirit-filled people I know are miserable. Yeah, I know what you mean. Some of them are, bless their hearts. Got a face along, look like, I don't know what they do look like. I won't go into all that. They don't look like they've been set free. Say amen right there. Holy Spirit, beloved, was not given to make us miserable. Listen to this. Holy Spirit was given as an emancipator. Boy, there's a big old word. I learned that from my daughter-in-law, Emma. Uh, He's given as an emancipator. He was given as a comforter. Watch this, church. Listen to me very carefully. Sin is ravaging. Personal sin is ravaging. It is this cancer-like gnawing that festers in our spirit, and it, it really contributes to a semblance of spiritual nausea. That's why God encourages us and why God's spokesperson encourages you not to dabble around in that. It it doesn't have good results. It results in an uneasiness in our spirit. It's a horrible existence when it's stirring. It's a heaviness of heart. Any of you know what I'm talking about? You ever been under that burden of disobedience, that burden of sin, that burden of conviction because you messed up? Sin is costly. It's discomforting to acknowledge it. And it is discomforting in many respects to endure the remedy. But listen, there is hope. And that's what I want you to understand. Here is some good news. Number three on your study notes. Holy Spirit has been sent. Holy Spirit has been given to deliver us from this plight. To deliver us from the ravages 
of sin. Listen to that verse again. And the Lord's Spirit sets us free. It sets us free. Beloved, this is the practical, everyday benefit of the power of God. Listen to John chapter 3, verse 17. One version puts it this way. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved, in order that the world might be delivered, in order that the world might be redeemed, in order that the world might be set free through Him, through Jesus. I've been asking for several weeks now, do I need the power of God? Do I need the power of God? Consider this with me. If you desire to be free, yes, you do need the power of God. Way back in 1865, a fellow by the name of Lewis Edgar Jones penned these words, Would you be free from your burden of sin? There is power in the blood. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There is power. There is power. There is power. Hey, let me ask you this morning. What do you need to be delivered from? Those of you listening by way of live stream, what do you need to be delivered from? You know, and I have conversations with individuals. I find out day in and day out. Month in and month out, everybody has some things that they deal with they need to be delivered from. What is it that you need to be delivered from? Similarly, and we've been asking this for hours now, how do I get the power of God, which is Holy Spirit. So let me ask it that way. How do I get Holy Spirit? Go back to our text passage. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verse 9, the latter part of the verse. It says this, You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Listen, beloved, there is a hint given to us in this verse. You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Church, many people tell me that they are going to go to heaven when they die. Some of those same people never, ever, ever tell me or give any indication that they are serving God. Are you with me? They say they're going to go to heaven at some point in time, but they give no indication of and they never talk about service to God. The Bible tells us that we are to turn from idols and turn to and serve the true and living God. How do I get Holy Spirit? I think I just gave you a hint about that. Turn from those idols turn to the true and living God and purpose to do what? Say it again. Serve Him. 
Y'all paying attention this morning? You still with me? You ready for this? Here we go. How do I get Holy Spirit? We've been talking around this. You've heard this talk from this pulpit many, many times. But beloved, if you are a born-again believer, you already have Holy Spirit. What? Let me do it one more again in case you didn't catch that. If you are indeed a born-again believer, you already have Holy Spirit. And Pastor Terry, why are you wasting my time with all of this? Let me see if I can help you understand something. Jesus foretelling about Holy Spirit in filling. Now, the Holy Spirit existed during this time, but the saints were not filled with Holy Spirit as they are today. This was pre-Pentecost, and on Pentecost and after, some things began to transpire. So Jesus is foretelling about Holy Spirit, and he said this to his disciples, John 14 and verse number 7, latter part of the verse, he said to them, but you know him, you know Holy Spirit, for he lives with you, check this out, and will be in you. You understand what Jesus is saying? You know about Holy Spirit. He's with you. And if you'll hang on just a little while longer until Pentecost, when, he is, when that day has fully come, Holy Spirit's going to show up and He's going to be in you. Where is He going to be? Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there, and I want to do so by saying this. I trust that you have been born again, born anew, born of the Spirit, and have been in receipt of Holy Spirit, and have the testimony that you have been Spirit-baptized, Spirit-infilled, and that you're walking in lockstep with God through His Spirit. If not, if you haven't had that experience, I encourage you to prayerfully follow through and find out from some trusted person, those who have read and studied and know the Word of God, a trusted person, follow through with them and discover exactly what it is. Discover this joy of walking according to the Spirit. It is so vitally important. We hear so much today about so much bad news and everything going on outside the church and even those who are clamoring that uh, the church really isn't all that important, that you can just claim to be a Christian, claim to be a believer, and the church isn't all that important. That isn't true. The church is very important because the church is an entity that was established by God and is being built by Jesus Christ. So just to kind of cast aspersions on that or act like it isn't important is a tremendously burdening, sad situations. I trust that you won't be that person. I need to get out of here. I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activities on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also had midweek activities, something for nearly every member of the family from the very young to those of us who are not so young. We have children's ministries. We were asked on occasion about that. We call it KFC, Kids for Christ. They meet Sunday mornings as well as Wednesday evening. It's a great time, and the Lord has really been blessing. There's just a whole gob of little children and the, the youth, the New Life youth group, just going gangbusters right now. If you're looking for a place like that, we may be just exactly what you've been looking for. There's some contact information there on the screen. Our website uh, has a lot of helpful information 
uh, for use, put there on purpose, and I trust you'd take advantage of that. I have to get out of here. My time is completely gone. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?